One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Pat Cummins. I'm Josh Hazelwood. I'm Lisbon Kawaja. I'm Mitch Marsh. I'm Mitch Stark, and you're listening to the Unplayable Podcast. This is the Unplayable Podcast. We've got a truly great show this week. We're going to preview the Rebel Women's Big Bash League final between the Sydney Sixers and Brisbane Heat from Dremoyne Oval. To do that, we need a very special guest. And while we couldn't find one of those, we do have a former Australia <laughs> captain, Channel 7 commentator, and a favourite of the Unplayable Podcast. Please welcome Lisa Stalaker. Thanks, Sam. It's such a, a great start spiel there. I like it. Couldn't find anyone else. Off the top of my head, pretty impressive. Uh, Lisa, before we look back, look ahead to the final, let's go back to last weekend and have you recovered from those two epic semifinals? No, I haven't actually. And, and everyone that has crossed my path have been talking about those games and the finishes to it. Um, I, I'd been saying for a long time that from a televised match point of view, we hadn't had any real nail biters. Uh, they were pretty easy contests, but uh, boy, did they save their best for last with the semifinals. Which was your favourite? Was it Burkett's catch on the boundary or the combined fielding effort from the Sixers to win that game? I'd have to say the combined effort. You just every piece needed to be put in place nicely, and. Um, you know, I feel I feel sorry for the Melbourne Renegades because Sophie Molyneux, who had batted the whole innings, um, had done such a stellar job to, to score that many runs off Elise Perry's final over that as soon as she hit it in the commentary box, I don't know if you saw the, uh, myself and Pricey, we're signalling four. It looked like four, didn't it? Yeah, and um, and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Erin Burns comes flying around the boundary, and she's probably one of a couple of fielders in the competition that could have stopped it and did and. The throw from Sarah Ailey was perfect. And then Elisa Healy just turn and throw and hit the stumps. Yeah, it was a great game. Got the crowd going, which was great as well. And the Burkett catch. I mean, that ball, if it's another foot to her left, (laughs) that's six. And they went again because it was about a metre and a half off the ground. It was absolutely smashed out of the middle by Nicola Carey, who I thought would kind of target the offside and go straight down the ground, which she had already tried but just shimmies across the stumps and absolutely gets it. The footage of Jess Jonathan yeah. and her reaction, uh, you have to watch it. If you haven't, please go uh, on uh, Cricket Network. It's there. Um, her disappointment thinking, I've just cost us a chance in the finals to absolute joy. Can't believe it. Sammy Joe Johnson was in tears, crying, going, I thought it was six. I thought it was six. <laughs> Um, so credit to Heidi Burkett. You know, she's a, a very good fielder in the outfield as well. Very clean hands. All right. Let's uh, look at the final. The Sixers are playing in their fourth straight final and aiming for a hat-trick of titles. They finished the regular season in first place with 10 wins and four losses. Skipper Elise Perry has been immense this summer with more than 700 runs. It took two brilliant pieces of footing, as we just mentioned, to ice the super over finish in the first semi-final to beat the Renegades. The Heat, they finished in third place with nine wins and five losses. Uh, now, Brisbane are a team packed full of X-Factor players like Beth Mooney, Grace Harris, Jess Jonathan, just to name a few. We're going to talk about them a little bit later. And as we said, if it wasn't for that incredible catch by Hayley Burkett on the boundary, we'd be talking about the Sydney Thunder in an all-Sydney final. And the two sides have met twice this year with the honours evenly split. On December 22nd, Perry hit 
an unbeaten 103 in an 11 run win at the SCG. But the very next day, the Heat got their revenge with a comprehensive 66 run victory at Hurstville Oval, where Semi Joe Johnson top score with 51 and claimed three for 23 with the ball. Now, before we break down the two teams, Lisa, uh, what's your overall big picture feeling about this match? Yeah, it's it's going to be tight. Obviously, the Sydney Sixers have been there. They've done that. Um, the experience that they'll gain from playing in finals, you'd expect that when key moments come, they'll, they'll be able to fight their way out of it. They showed that against the Melbourne Renegades. Uh, so that experience does count for a lot. Uh, they'll also have the home crowd advantage. Uh, hopefully, we're going to see a big crowd turn up at Dremoyne Oval. What a, what a great way to start your Australia Day s- celebrations by coming out and watching the WBBL final. As for the Brisbane Heat, they've got nothing to lose. Yeah. That, and I think you're right. They do have probably a few more X factors. And six, Sydney Sixers are consistent. You know what they're going to do. They, you know what players are going to perform or where the bowlers are going to bowl. Whereas the Heat, they've got that. A bit of unknown factor. The fact that Grace Harris, she's striking it at 150. She's an X factor. The fact, and the the reason why the Brisbane Heat are in the finals is because they've had her throughout the season. Last year, she only played, I think, three or four games. Uh, Sammy Joe Johnson, the find yep. of the competition, and she's a huge X factor for them. And then obviously, you've got your Cricket Australia contracted players who should be consistent and should be able to cope under pressure. So. Um, the Brisbane Heat, they're fighters. Gemma yep. Barsby, they love a scrap. So if they get a sniff and, and a chance, then we're going to see you know, a really tight tussle. In terms of styles, is this, is this a clash of styles between the way these two sides play? I, I certainly feel that there are times, and, and I think it's based on pitches, uh, the conditions for the Sydney Sixers. If it's a fast, bouncy track, the Sixers play a really exciting brand of cricket. But they've also got a side that can implode. And we've seen that throughout this edition of WBBL. Scores of uh, for the Sydney Sixers where they've been bowled out for 92, bowled out for 88. So they're actually the team that has been dismissed the most under 100. Um, but then they've also got the ability to score a mountain of runs off the back of their top four players. Uh, so I think the Sixers will be looking at the pitch and hoping that it's got some life in it. Um, Elise Perry is the key for them. She's the type of player. And I think Perry and Healy are the type of players to adapt to conditions if they're not right. If they lose them, then all of a sudden you're you're exposing that middle order who haven't had that much time. And thankfully for the Sixers, Dana Fanikirk in the semi-final was able to, to produce some runs. You're incredibly well-researched here, Lisa. This is very impressive. Thank you. Um, I'm sure you are a, a very special guest. I apologise <laughs> at the top there. Now, you have played in one of these finals. Lisa, what's it take to win a title? Um and why are the Sixers always there? Why do they keep making these finals? I think it goes back to Cricket New South Wales and, and the development programs that they put in place. I actually spoke to Andrew Jones, who's the CEO, who will no longer be the CEO of Cricket New South Wales at the semi final, saying you can't replicate the feeling and the emotion of winning national championships. And New South Wales for a long period of time have dominated underage national championships and also the New South Wales Breakers winning. So there's always a belief that you're going to win no matter what situation, whereas other teams have had to find ways of how to win. And and those key moments, sometimes they don't 
win those because uh, the players aren't exposed to those uh, experiences and situations regularly. Um, whereas I think the Sydney Sixers and predominantly New South Wales-based players have been exposed regularly. So how do you cope in those situations? I think you've got to remember that it's just a game of cricket. Whilst it is a final, there are going to be nerves. So whoever can, can adapt and cope with those nerves will win. But also who can stay clear-minded of what the job is at hand. And there will be some moments within the match that will chop and change and the heat will be up and the sixes will be up. But whoever can stay calm throughout those will win. Lisa, let's preview the sixes now. I'm sure you're going to promise the listeners that you are going to take an unbiased approach. You are magenta through and through, but uh, let's start with the sixes. Then we've got to start with Elise Perry, 744 runs at 93, 200, 650s, strike rate over 123, and she's also taken 10 wickets at 25. Now, you couldn't have asked much more of Perry. Uh, Do you think there is some kind of... um, motivation there from Perry after being demoted down to number seven in Australia's T20 World Cup side because her strike rate wasn't deemed high enough. She's scoring at uh, more than 120, which is kind of the, that figure that you needed about in the top four for the Australian side. And now she's come out there and uh, had a bit of a point to prove, and I think she's certainly proved it. Yeah, all the numbers that you throw out there are astounding. The amount of runs, um, obviously the highest run scorer in a season and smashed Meg Lanning's record of 560 by a long way. Um, averages, Brad Burnesque, isn't it? Uh, but the most important thing for me is that strike rate. Now, last season she scored 552 at 46 with a strike rate of 98. So the big difference, forget about runs and averages, is her strike rate. I think Elise Perry has been building up to this. She's known that she, that probably the T20 format is the format that she has to work on the most um, because she's almost built for test cricket. Mm. Like she is a test player and she's adapted over time. Uh, she's always had the ability to play all of these shots. I think the issue for me is that she hasn't flicked the switch sooner. Um, so maybe a better understanding of the game uh, uh, trusting her ability, trusting the depth within the Sixers lineup that she can play that attacking brand. Um, and I think the first six matches she was striking at 160 and scored over 400 runs already. So um, credit to her. Uh, this is what champions do, don't they? Yep. They always find a way of getting better. Um, she could be quite happy and sit back and relax, but she's found a way to improve. And just being around the squad a little bit over the past couple of years, she is the hardest worker in the Australian size, and she just eats cricket balls. <laughs> it's it's phenomenal stuff. And the way she hit that six to to win the uh, the super over, you just think, why doesn't she do this more often? And she makes it look so easy. Yeah, and that's what um, champions do. They make uh, everything look easy. Her opening partner, Alyssa Healy, while Perry has been super consistent. Healy hasn't been as consistent this summer. She was the T20 World Cup uh, player of the tournament. She still scored 427 runs at 33, got that 100, couple of 50s, and her strike rate at 141 is one of the highest in the competition. What have you made of her season, Lisa? Yeah, indifferent, isn't it? Uh, based on how consistent and successful she has been in the international cricket, remembering she won the ICC T20 Player of the Year, um, she would be a little bit disappointed, but at the end of the day, everyone looks at the last game, not necessarily the season. So yeah. it, she's still got a, a chance on her home ground, obviously playing for the Sydney Cricket Club. Dremoyne is their home ground to peel off a big score. And, and what I've noticed probably the last couple of years with Elisa Healy 
is she used to fire in all of the round matches and then go missing in finals. Uh, but she has certainly changed that now. She is, is a big game player and, and showing why she's one of the most dynamic and one of the most entertaining cricketers to watch. We continue to work down the sixes order and number three is Ashley Gardner. 314 runs uh, at 25, just the 150 and a strike rate of 118. Hasn't been her best season, uh, Ash Gardner, but she is that kind of player. If we're talking about X factors for the Heat, she is very much the X factor for the Sixers. Yeah, she's got that beautiful striking ability, hasn't she? Uh, Like even last year, Ash Gardner, 347 at 26. Her strike rate was 138. So it's almost like the first year or two, she she burst onto the scene. And and since then... struggled to be as consistent with her form and that also goes down to opposition players knowing what her strengths are her weaknesses are and taking that away so she she will continue to develop but if the pitch is fast and bouncy she's still going to be dangerous i always think with gardner as well that shot selection is a big one for her Mm. because she's got so many different shots and she can hit the ball pretty much 360 just knowing what shot to play when is a real big um, struggle for her still is that is that a fair assessment she's got a golden duck on on in that semi-final playing at a ball that was swinging away whereas an experienced player like a healy or or perry might have played a different shot or maybe even left it yeah you're right in that and sometimes when you're such a clean striker you just want to feel bad on ball straight away so you're not going to let balls go. You're the type of player that always sees ball, hits ball. Um, but you're right, as you develop, and we've kind of got a, an inkling, uh, Sophie Devine is a prime example where we've had an opportunity to speak to her while she's batting and she said what she's learnt the most as she's gotten older and matured as a cricketer is she has to put some shots away sometimes and she's got to rein it back for the benefit of her team and knowing that she will catch it up later on when she's set. So that's something that Ash Gardner will learn and keep learning. But uh, from a Sixers point of view, they just need her probably to last the first 10 balls and then she's away. And she's also taken a lot of wickets uh, this series, a fantastic uh, off-spinner as well. So if she's not scoring runs with a bat, she's also making up for it with the ball. Yeah, and that's the joys of being an all-rounder. And that's why I always highly recommend everyone to be an all-rounder because if one skill doesn't quite come off, you can hopefully uh, sort out the other one. And the pro tiers, Marazan Cap and Dano Vanierkirk, uh, 19 and 17 wickets respectively. Cap's economy is just 5.85 runs per over in the, in the tournament. And Dane, she shifted with some valuable runs as well. What kind of impact have they had for the Sixers? Yeah, huge impact. You, you could see when uh, Marazan bowled that super over, the fact that she really only went for, for six runs just showed the skill that she's able to produce. She knows where she needs to bowl it. She's able to do it time and time again. That's why her economy rate is so great. She, she probably would like to pick up more wickets, but I think they'll take the economy rate and then that puts so much pressure on the opposition. And when you look at the matchups, who she's going to be bowling to, uh, for Brisbane Heat, Beth Mooney and Grace Harris. If you can keep them quiet, then um, Sydney Sixers have done a great job. I think that's one thing you look at uh, statistically-wise compared to one day in Test cricket to T20 cricket. It's not so much about averages. It's more about economy rates and strike rates because they are the most impactful numbers in T20 cricket. And what about some of the other players? I mean, we'll talk about, uh, we've mentioned five players there. I think someone said on Twitter that if you get out Healy and Perry, then the Sixers fold, but... Um, <laughs> That's not true at all. Uh, and there are some players, Erin Burns. Uh, yeah, she's probably been the, the player that has fired when the other two haven't. 
or when one of Perry or Healy goes out. She's had some really good 40s, um, 40 off 22, 40 off 40, 40 off 20, um, 53 off uh, 31 deliveries against the Renegades. So she's the one that sometimes gets it going. She's very similar mould in how she plays the game to Ash Gardner, sees ball, hits ball. So sometimes if the ball's moving around, she's susceptible uh, there. But um, she's also key with the ball. She came on and picked up those two wickets in the semi-final, which kind of changed it. Her fielding, well, we've seen examples of that. So she's probably um, one of the most touted domestic players that you want within your side. Okay. National call-up far away? Where does she fit in? Yeah, it's tough for that Australian team, isn't it? That squad, that Australian squad is pretty stock standard and they're all playing a really vital role. And that's why I think sometimes just players just under that. So someone like even a Sammy Joe Johnson and an Aaron Burns, you want them in your side. Mm. Um, Plus they also don't count as an international. Well, good point. But Uh, play as an international. But play as an international, right. Now we've mentioned half the Sixers side there. So who's your player to watch? Give us one player that... All the fans there at Dremoyne Oval, everyone watching on Channel 7 and uh, Cricket Network need to tune in and pay extra attention to. Look, you can't go past Elise Perry with what she's able to do with the bat, ball and in the field. She took a great catch, took a run out, scored runs, took some wickets. So she's always in the game and obviously as captain. So she's certainly your number one to look at. Uh, the other one that, and this is a bit of a dark horse, is someone like a Lauren Smith. She's a bit of a fighter. Um, we've seen her in finals in times, um, been thrown the ball and sixes needed to pick up a wicket and she's managed to do it or she's taken a really good catch at cover or mid-wicket diving forward. So she's another player that tends to lift um, and loves the competition. I was going to say, way to go out on a limb there and name the best player on the team. But Lauren Smith, that's a good one. Yeah, okay with that one? Yeah, I'm happy with that one. Okay. What about the keys of victory? We'll wrap up the Sixers segment with the keys of victory. This should be sponsored by our friends at Toyota, but unfortunately it isn't. Um, <laughs> what about uh, what do the Sixers have to do well to make sure they make it three in a row? For the Sixers to win, they'll want to bat first. They'll want to put runs on the board. If they can get 145, 140 plus, they give themselves a real chance. So um, they need to just stick to their game plan. They need to, to ensure that they're always playing aggressive cricket and not go into their shells. For the Heat, we'll start at the top again with Beth Mooney. 421 runs, average of 35. She got that 100 against the Thunder. Another 50 strike rate of 126. Again, probably not her best season. Maybe a bit of World Cup fatigue there um, for Beth. But uh, she got a century at the right end of the season and is going to be a key player for Brisbane. Yeah, she is going to be a key player because she also opens with Grace Harrison. She's the one that actually communicates with her and sometimes just pulls her back, reins her back or lets her go. She's the Grace Harris whisperer. She is the Grace Harris whisperer and I'm glad it's her and not me. (laughs) Uh, But uh, she does very well in trying to get the best out of her. So they've been a a dynamic um, opening partnership and largely the success the Heat have had this season is is off the back of those two. Uh, You're right, she probably hasn't had the best season um, that she would have liked. Again, I think fatigue probably from the World T20 has played a role, but boy, you're about to play in your first WBBL final. If you can't get up for this, you're not going to get up for anything else. And I think fans just need to look back at the Ashes two summers ago when she just lit it up in the limited over stuff, the T20 stuff. I mean, she was by far 
the best player out there, especially against that, that new ball. So if she can recapture some of that form in this very important game, it'll be very difficult to stop. I think if she gets away a booming cover drive in, in one of her first scoring shots and it finds a boundary, I think she'll, she'll actually play an important role because she, she moves around the crease and it's very hard to bowl to because she can hit it offside, leg side, she hit it straight down the ground. And she's another player that really likes when the ball's coming on the bat, a fast, Correct. bouncy wicket. I think those wickets in the Caribbean didn't suit her. So when she's facing spin from ball one, it, it's kind of tough to get into a rhythm with her innings. But if the ball's coming on and she's facing Cap and Perry with the new ball, it might just be what she needs to get going. Exactly. So you'd like to think that we haven't... We haven't really seen the best of her yet, especially from a televised match point of view. Obviously, that 100 against Sydney Thunder up in Cairns was pretty magical. Uh, but and live-streamed on cricket.com.au and CLV. Yes. And thankfully, all of those games were, and we were able to put that in the broadcast and keep <laughs> everyone interested in what's happening. Uh, but certainly, she'll be a key factor. And I think also, y- you can't go past the keeper in the field. They're the yeah. energy, they lift, they get the angles right. So she has a huge role to play on Saturday. It really is a battle of the, of the keepers in it. Mooney v Healy. You think that the player who has a better game might very well Correct. go a long way in determining yep. the outcome of the match. Grace Harris, as we've said, her partner, uh, 370, 373 runs. The 100, which was an absolute blitzkrieg and a strike rate of 153, strike rate of 150, 13 wickets uh, with an economy rate of just 5.9, which is extremely impressive. So huge strike rate. Great numbers of the ball. You know what you're going to get with Grace Harris. It's not going to be um, a, an amazing innings every every time. But that's why she's such an exciting player to watch because you don't know what you're going to get. Yeah, you don't know what you're going to get. And you almost feel that she's kind of failed the last few times, hasn't she? Before the semi-final, it was 13-6-2. So you think that almost she might be she's, due. She's due, yeah. Yeah, so if she gets going, boy, it's going to be interesting to watch and um, – there's potentially if they play on the same wicket, there'll be a short side to the to the pavilion where the the change rooms are. So um, sixes have to get their lines right and have to cramp her up if they're going to minimise the damage that she can um, put on the sixes. We asked this to Rachel Haynes last week and said, when a player like Grace Harris is in the zone, how do you stop her? What's what's the key? Is it, is it things not so much about bowling plans and stuff, or but it's about slowing the game down? Is it you know getting side ahead? Is it Healy saying a few words to her when she's at the crease. I mean, how do you put a player off when they're when they're firing on all cylinders? I reckon because she's such a talkative person, even to herself, um, the, there might be there might be a, an opportunity just to get her off her game plan by insinuating certain things behind the stumps or around her. Because <laughs> I, I reckon she'd be the type of player to go, oh, I wonder why they're doing that. I wonder why they're talking about this. And all of a sudden she forgets what she's doing mm. and she's too busy concentrating on what the opposition are doing. I don't know. I don't know if teams have thought about that and I don't know if they have what has been the outcome. But, um, yeah, you're right. If she gets in automatic per pilot, uh, it's dangerous. I think that's what the, the misconception of sledging is as well. People just think it's personal attacks and stuff. Oh, but a lot of no. time it's just saying stuff to make them think something completely different, throwing them, throwing something out there which seems bizarre. But if, as long as you get them to lose their concentration by 1%, that might be the big difference. Now, you've called her the find of WBBL 04, Sammy Joe Johnson, 256 wicket, uh, 256 runs. She'd love that many 250, wickets. That's, uh, I think she'd bowl that every team twice if that was the case. Uh, um, 
256 runs. She's got that 150, but she's striking 140 and taking 19 wickets at an economy rate of 6.2. Uh, I've got down here a breakout year, but you've got her as the find of the tournament. I think so. And this is what I love about not only the WBBL, but the Big Bash as well. It's all about allowing some of the other domestic players to really shine. Uh, and she's been able to do it. I think it's off the back of being called up to the Australian A-side that went to India and getting an opportunity to tour for the first time, seeing what it's like in a different country. Um, you've got to remember her humble background. Oh. Um, and the story about her is pretty amazing. If you've got a chance, make sure you, you click on it and, and read her story. It is fascinating. But... Uh, her striking ability is is second to none. Um, it took her a few uh, times to get going. I think in the fourth game, then she got 31 off 10, and then all of a sudden she had the confidence and away she went. Um, but her slower balls from a bowling perspective, um, she bowls a heavy ball as well, bowls it back in on the wicket. Uh, she, she's going to be a handful for the Sixers um, come, on, come Saturday. How do you bowl a heavy ball? So heavy ball is kind I- of... It's not necessarily fast, but obviously she's tall and she's strong. And so if she bowls it into the wicket, it just hits the bat a little bit harder. So that when cricketers talk about a heavy ball, it almost surprises batters of how hard it is, not necessarily the pace. Does anyone Is anyone described as bowling a light ball? Probably spinners. <laughs> Floaty little... You didn't bowl. Were you a heavy ball bowler or a light ball no, bowler? No, light ball. <laughs> light ball bowler. Just sucker them in. <laughs> Toss it up. Well, that's a great segue because we're talking about a spinner now, uh, Jess Jonathan. Uh, she came back in, uh, had an injury midway through the year, um, went over there in the Caribbean. She's come back, uh, 246 runs, struck over 118, 14 wickets, runs probe around seven with the ball. Uh, what have you made of her season? Yeah, it's probably been a tough one for her. She was actually fit to play in the West Indies. West Indies uh, in the World T20 and has played a vital role within the Australian side. But Sophie Molyneux, who took over her spot when she was injured, did such a great job that they decided not to change the team. Yeah. And I think she handled that really well. But I'm sure she was waiting for her opportunity just to prove her point that I've still got an important role to play within the Australian side. I think she's played really well. I think she's played consistent cricket. Um, from a batting perspective, I'm really glad to see her find some of that form where she scored a 99 test. Yeah. Um, uh, so I think she's got that ability with the bat and for a period of time she almost forgot she was a batter uh, and was focusing so much on her bowling. Uh, her bowling's been good um, without being outstanding. Um, again, a consistent play that you know what you're going to get. You, get, you trust her in the skills, being able to, to adapt and change. So she's another key uh, key player for the Brisbane Heat. So many all-rounders in this Heat lineup. I mean, if you account Beth Mooney, as I think all wicket batters should be called all-rounders, they're just chock full of them. So there's so many of these multi-dimensional players which must make the balance of the team so much more easier to uh, to assemble when they're putting 11 to get together. Well, you find in women's cricket that there are a lot more all-rounders. Whereas in the men's game, you've got normally your five top order batsmen, then you've got your five bowlers and then your keeper type thing. That's that's how it is. But in the WBBL, you'll see a lot of players able to do everything. So they carry a number of players that sometimes are just fielders. Mm. And it's sometimes the best fielder gets the opportunity to get on the park. That's probably something um, 
for the Sixers, Hayley Silver Holmes. She's a youngster, 15 years of age. She can bowl, and we've seen her bowl. She's actually a better batter than she is a bowler, but where is she going to bat in the Sixers yeah. lineup? But she's athletic. She challenges people. She's got a strong arm. So I think that's why she's in. So you see, tend to see that. But from the Heat point of view, uh, Delisa Kamintz has been really good. The amount of wickets that she's picked up. I think she's had the best figures, four for 18 as well within the competition. Uh, so... She, again, changes of pace, subtle changes is really vital. I've been probably disappointed with Brisbane Heat that they've batted her low. Mm. I think it's that one stage she was almost opening the batting for the Australian team in T20 cricket. So it just shows you where, not that long ago, that where they saw her with bat in hand and now I think she's batting at nine, which I think is almost a waste of her talent. 20 wickets, uh, the second most in the competition for Kamins and uh, runs per over just 6.85 Who's your player to watch? Are you going to go out on the limb and just pick the three best players or are you going to... No, I'm going to go Sammy Jo Johnson. I right. actually think she's going to be a real key for them because not that she's gone under the radar, but you kind of look at her and you go, yeah, we know what she's going to give you, but, but then somehow she finds a way of picking up wickets and taking runs. So I think she's the type of player to have a huge impact on the game, not only with wickets, but also runs. Adam Burnett, our feature writer, has written a magnificent story about uh, Sammy Joe's journey to uh, when it all started with her father and family all the way up to here and how she um, explained her story to her um, Queensland teammates and her Brisbane teammates. It's just a, it's a real tearjerker. I recommend everyone to read it. Um, and I think she played a lot of heart. And I'm not saying that the other uh, 21 players in this final aren't going to, but if there's a player that's going to put everything into it, it's going to be Sammy Joe. Oh, absolutely. Just part of her story is like living in a car. Yeah. And um, all of a sudden you're getting paid to play cricket. Like she's living a dream and she's not going to take it for granted. She's not that type of player to go, oh, so how much do I get for this and this? She's just so thankful that she's in this position. Um, So you're right. She plays with so much emotion and it's a lot more than just a game for her. It's her livelihood. It's it's um, the thing that has gotten her to places that she thought that she would never get to. So, um, yeah, that's why it's an amazing story and, you know, I'm so happy to see her, her perform so well this season. The Keys of Victory brought to you by the Toyota Hilux. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> what uh, the Keys of Victory for the Heat to, uh, to win their first WBBL title? I think for them, um, their bowlers, their, their fielding needs to be sharp. Any half chance that the Sydney Sixers give them, they've got to take it. Um, and, and they're the type of players that if they get a bit of a run on, they're hard to stop. So if one or two wickets fall, the Sixers might collapse. And they've, we've, I've spoken about the Sixers having the ability to collapse as well. But Brisbane Heat have got enough diversity within their bowling unit. From a batting point of view, I think the key is for Grace Harris to get off to a flyer. If she does that, then that will give so much confidence into the dugout that the next batter coming out will go, no problems, I'll just pick up where she left off. So there's a few players that need to fire for the Heat to really um, challenge the Sixers. All right, Lisa, we've previewed the sides. We've talked about the key players. Uh, what's your prediction? Well, both teams coming into the final will think we, hadn't, we didn't play our best cricket in the semi-final, and yet they're still in the final. So they'll feel that they've got another level to go up. I think it's hard to go past the Sixers and the history and the experience that they have in that. Um, But something tells me 
that the Brisbane Heat have got, like I said at the start, have got nothing to lose. So there's nothing to fear. They can play with absolute freedom. All of the pressure is on the Sixers. Everyone's looking, well, we expect the Sydney Sixers to win. Um, I think the toss is going to be actual, actually really crucial. Whoever wins the toss has a slight advantage. Finally, Lisa, it's been another fantastic year of WBBL cricket. What about uh, your thoughts overall on the whole season? Where does it stack up compared to the previous three years and where can you see this competition going? Well, I'd say this is probably one of the better seasons. You, you look at the amount of hundreds that have been scored. I think six have been scored, um, whereas there were five previous hundreds out of the last three editions of WBBL. So already doubled the amount in just the one season. I think the batting is going up another level. We've started to see some amazing catches mm. and you'll see that throughout the broadcast actually um, on Saturday. Some of the, the best catches within WBBL. Fielding has gone up a level. Um, the game will continue to grow. That's the exciting thing uh, that given that there are so many players now that are full-time cricketers and are spending more time on their skills, it will only get better and better. Um, the crowds have been good. Obviously, next year is a standalone competition. Um, that will be a big year to see if people actually want to come through the gate and tune in on, in October, November and early December. Um, but I'm really pleased to see how this competition has grown. And, and it is the best T20 competition in the world. The best players want to play this competition. Isn't it funny that there are more centuries in this competition this year, but the men has gone the other way. The, scores, the bowlers are fighting the back. The bowlers are fighting back. So I wonder when it reaches that tipping point for the women's competition. I also think that pitchers have played a, a crucial role in the men's game. Yep. So depends on, on your ground and your conditions, doesn't it? I don't know. You're, you're telling me. Yep, I'm the expert. That's why I get paid the big bucks. That's why you're our very special guest. Special special. And we can't thank you enough for coming on this week's show. Everyone, uh, please thank Lisa Stalaker. Thanks for having me. That's it for this week's episode. Stay up to date with all the cricket action on cricket.com.au and the CA Live app. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.